This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We want to press on with God teaching us, developing us, growing us up. We're continuing on the subject of pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. And in the book of Philippians chapter 3, beginning at the verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded, be like-minded, be of this mind. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Church, we have been talking about and ministering about uh, 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 over the last few weeks. We have been talking about pressing, pressing toward the mark. We have to press. you got to press. So if you're pressing, that means something is trying to push you back the other way. But you got to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm teaching us how to make continual progress. How do we make what you make sure that we're forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to that which is before us and pressing on, forgetting those things that are behind? I told you in recent teaching that consistency, progress, progress, I'm sorry, consistent progress is key to growth and development. Consistent progress is key to growth and development. And we have learned that consistency, making progress, can be difficult. I want to drive that home. It can be. So you should not think it's strange when you are pressing and things come up, obstacles come up, or things come up, and it just don't seem like you're getting away. It can be difficult, but you still must continue to press. I told you in time past, and I'll tell you again, I don't want to have a church full of people that's stuck in a place, still revisiting and reliving the past over and over again. we got to let those things go and move forward. Amen. That's the only way. You cannot move for- forward holding on. you got to let it go and then move forward. I told you the intention is, is to help us. That's all the teaching ever is at Church of the Living Water. It is to help you. It's to help us to press forward in the instructions of God. God has instructed each and every one of us. And I want us to be able to follow his instructions right now and in times to come. When I'm going off the planet, I want you to be established so in the word that I can obey his instructions at all times. I'm talking about... Um, and in this teaching, uh, we've learned that uh, in, in different areas, I've given you examples, and I'm going to continue. I'm giving you examples of experience in my life. I have to do that. Sometimes I don't feel good about it, but it's a commandment of God for me. 
And so I try to give you experiences from my life and I, because I've seen how God has moved in my life and has worked through my life and has worked through other people's life, through my life, that have, you know, that have helped them to press forward, have helped me to press forward, and I want to visit all of that on you so that you'll be able to do the same. The purpose of this series of teaching is threefold, I told you. I want us to glorify God by honoring Him with our life. Secondly, I want us to remain in His will. Why? Because God's will is always right in front of us. So we need to remain in that will. And then I want us to mature, to become perfected, to develop. Those three areas we must grow in and we must continue in. Then the goal of this teaching, I told you, is to, to not just press toward the mark, but to reach the mark. We want to hit the mark of the prize for, uh, of, of the, uh, prize for the high, um, the, the high calling of God. We want to press and, uh, after we get through pressing, we want to hit the mark. We just don't want to get around it. We want to hit the mark. We have started looking in particular areas and we've already dealt with how to press from our old life. We went through how to press when we've suffered loss and we've all suffered loss and if you haven't, you will. Amen. And then we want to learn how to press from disappointment. We're going to deal with how to press when I've missed God. Something that we've all done, miss God, and how to press when I'm just in a stagnant state and I'm really basically stuck. Now, if you will, go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I want you to rest there. Now, for the last few weeks, I'm still going to go over a few things because I want to drive this home. I don't want to rush this teaching because I want you to get it. Amen? So for the last few weeks, we've been looking at how to press forward. Toward the mark from disappointments, we said we have to continue, to, we have, and I continue to say that you have not, I don't want you to think it strange as a believer in life when disappointments come up because you are a believer. Because a lot of times people have been taught that way and any type of disappointment come up, they think they're just out of the will of God. No, disappointments are just going to come up because of life. I want you to get that in your head. Amen? I mean, so don't, don't think it's strange. But God is saying, I want you to know how to handle those disappointments when they come so that you can continue your walk with me. It's essential that you know, how do I handle this now that I'm disappointed, now that I'm discouraged? What do I do? God said, it's essential that you know how to walk with the Holy God through that. You're not going to live, you're not going to live disappointment free. You're just not. See, I'm not going to tell you and I'm not going to try to hype you up and tell you, you don't, you're not supposed to be disappointed. You're a child of the king. No, God promised you in the word because of sin that you will have disappointments. You will have disappointments. Amen. And then, and a disappointment, you, you're not going to have a disappointment free life, and you're not going to live a life where you don't have something happen. Something is going to happen. It's just life. You, it's something is going to happen. Good, bad, or indifferent, something is going to happen. Whether it's going to make you happy or sad, something is going to happen. It always does. Something's going to happen to you. 
And it's going to be things that you did not want to happen to you. You were not ready to happen to you. You know what? We, you know, we have to deal with each and every uh, disappointment that come up because they stack up and you don't want that. So we have to deal with it, but said, okay, God, I know that they're coming, and I know it's not if they're coming, it's when they come, but I want to know how to handle a disappointment. Some of you are in disappointment right now, just about whatever it is, because it could be many things you could be disappointed about. And you just wasn't expecting it to happen, you didn't expect it, didn't think it was going to happen in your life, and this, that, and other, but it did. Amen. So, sometimes we, ought to, we, we should know that disappointments can come because of past experiences. It can come from present experiences. This disappointments. It can come from your perceived, your perception of what the future should be. You're looking at your life and, and you're thinking about the future. You'd be like, oh gosh, if I wouldn't have done this, it would have been better. And if I did that, it would have been different and all that. And, and, you know, and then it just looks like the future is not holding anything that's good for you. That's what you're thinking. You're perceiving that about your future. And now you're feeling disappointed. You're feeling disappointed about things that you've done and that may have, have set some things. Because let me tell you, you do things in your life. It set things off in your life for the future and you look and you hear words and you be like you know what my future uh, I don't know I don't know because this is I did this when I'm young I mean you might have a police record you might have this that and other and it comes up on there are you kidding just just did all your credit all wrong in your 20s you know because you know in your 20s you're stupid and so you just you know you try to get every credit card it is and 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 get it up to the hilt and you can't pay it and you're frustrated and now you're settling down and now you're trying to go and you try to buy a house or you try to do this and now you're disappointed because oh, that was way back then and then you're even trying to count it down to what I thought after seven years they take it off your record you know you try to wait seven and nine years out for it to get off your record no you know what you need to change your way of thinking because if if they take it off in seven years you're going to get it back because you have, because you got the same mentality. And see, those type of things disappoint you. Like, oh, we could have got this. Oh, they would have gave us a high loan if I wouldn't have done that. Oh, I wouldn't have done. You got to, hey, forgetting those things that are behind, just press on. Amen. And then we said a few things that we wanted to look at. And we looked at two of them already and on, in order to move forward. To move forward from disappointment, we said first that you have to, you, you all probably don't remember this, but that's why you should go back over your notes. You should reconcile your situation with the truth. So I'm going to take you back because you need to go back. See, we, sometimes we get so caught up in the message that's going forward right that day, we forget about those. But remember, we're connecting knowledge. We're connecting it one upon another so that we can see the whole picture so that we can walk in it. And we said when you have a situation, circumstance, or disappointment, you must reconcile that with the truth. You've got to find out what God says about that and reconcile it with the truth. We said that we all have experienced sufferings. We said all of us have experienced pains, trauma, difficult times. Amen. Life happens to everyone. Oh, I just want to drive that home. Life happens to everybody. Disappointments happens to everybody. Nobody ever have everything exactly the way they want it. 
Oh, I don't care. You can write all this stuff on Facebook and, and beef it all up like, you know, yours is just perfect now. Because, you know, you can tell any year. On first view, you can lie about everything. You know, you're a size 22. You can tell them you're a 7. They'll believe they don't see you. So you can just make all, you can make Facebook and, and any other social media believe anything. But you know the truth. So I'm not impressed with a whole bunch of Facebook posts about, you know, you this and you that and you this and you that. I'm like, yeah. But the, the, let me tell you, the biggest lies you can ever find is on Facebook. <laughs> Did you hear me? It's on social media. So don't get all impressed. And, and let me tell you, and everybody's showing you everything that they're doing, don't believe it. Just because you show me y'all grinning at the restaurant, that don't mean nothing. You know the truth. You know, we do all those things, you know, so we want people to think something of us other than what it really is. But God knows what it really is. And you must change. Amen? So we understand that disappointments in those things, you know, they're, they're caused just because our lives are just our lives. It's just disappointments in life. So we have to recognize, or we have to realize right now, that saints, sinners, good people, bad people, ugly people, pretty people, fat people, skinny people, every person, every person, listen to me, every person, okay people, every person is going to have some difficulties in their life. You don't get away because you're pretty. You don't get away because you have some money. You don't get away. You're never going to get away. It's coming your way. Amen? Now, this is, now I'm going to show you, but this is how we think. And this is where we need to throw out. This is how we think. Because the disappointment is going to come to everybody. If a disappointment comes to a person that you think is good or you think is a nice person, you say, they didn't deserve that. They're such a nice person. They're so good. And I just hate that that, how, how could that happen to them? God, how could you let that happen to them? They're such a good person. And then if a bad person or who you think is bad or think don't deserve it, they happen to him, mm, 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 they deserve it. See, that's the way we think. They deserve that. They ain't, you know, I, I know all about their life. They deserve that. Mm-mm. We got to get away from that. It happens to everybody, good or bad. It's not, let me tell you, we're not into karma. You're going to have to be worshiping Buddha for that crap. There ain't no karma. The disappointment comes to everybody. And just because you might know somebody did something, oh, that's just karma. Now, listen, now, now you're getting into cult talking. Disappointment comes to everybody, even if you're good. Even, even if you're Messiah and ta-ta-ta and you love the Lord, you're tired, you do that, you're still going to have disappointments. Don't try to pay God off to get the disappointments off of you. How are you going to pay God off with his money? Uh, you know the tithe is not yours. Oh, okay. Well, that's another teaching, and we won't even go there. So we all go through sufferings, all of us. But the 
us as a believer, but we have hope in whatever we go. We have hope. We, not only do we have hope, we have a Father that loves us. So that we can hold on to. We have Jesus sitting at the right hand, making intercession for us. We got him that he can be touched with our feelings of infirmities. and That, that he's right there. He knows. And more importantly, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Even when disappointments come, they're there. And then we have the body of Christ. We have one another. We have hope. So we don't fall apart when we're disappointed and don't want to do anything no more and want to go into depression. We don't do that. Why? Because we have all of this on our side through the disappointments. And this is what you need to understand. I don't care what you've done in your life, what, what you have done, haven't done, or whatever. Listen to me. God still can get glory out of your life. God still has plans for your life. No matter how disappointed your life situation is, God has a plan. God still has a plan. God doesn't change because you make a mistake. He still has a plan. It may take a little longer because of your choices or whatever, but God still has a plan for your life. There may be some adjustments that you have to do or you have to make, you may have some corrections that you have to make, but God still have a plan. God didn't just throw you away. He had plans. He still had plans for you. I don't care what you've done. See, we think this person is worse than me. And this person is that. And God is through with them. And God, no, you still have plans for your life. You're just probably not on plan A. You might be on plan C or D, but you're still in the plan. See, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Whatever, whichever one you're in, as long as you're still in the plan and still in this walk and still in the race, you're good. The second thing that we learn through disappointment is that, is that we must forgive. Mm, we've been on that and oh, God is really dealing with our hearts about that. When I go through disappointment, oftentimes we, sometimes uh, what happens to us is we, you know, when a person apologizes, it just doesn't meet our expectations. And we don't want to forgive. Amen? It's not what you hoped for. You wanted a little bit more. Because you know you're charging interest because you're holding on. And you're disappointed. And listen, and I'm not, I want you to know, whatever situation you've been in, I'm not trying to minimize that like it's nothing. No, whatever you went through, you went through, and it hurts you, and yeah, and you were disappointed about it. I'm not trying to, I'm just saying, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You still have to understand that there is hope. And you still have to forgive. No matter what someone done to you, you still have to forgive. Yes, I understand. You don't know what they did. Yeah, God knows. And he said you still have to forgive. And really, it doesn't really matter if you think, listen, it doesn't matter if you think this is the worst thing that happened to you, you, excuse me, or if you think, or somebody thinks that it's the smallest thing happened to you. It happened. And you have a problem. It hurt. And you were disappointed. Period. And if you feel like somebody caused that hurt or disappointment, you still have to forgive. 
you still have to forgive. Even if it's the person's fault, you still have to forgive. Then we also learn that forgiveness is an inside work. It's an inside work. It's an internal work. And if you get a revelation of that, it will be easy to forgive. That it has nothing to do with a person. It has to do with the inner... In, in, it, God is dealing with you. You've you got you to get that. God is saying, you have to get things right in your heart. See, we feel like we have a right. But God said, no, I'm trying to get things right in your, your heart. You've got to get things right on the inside. Forgiveness is a heart condition. It's not an apology. Did you hear me? Forgiveness is not an apology. It's a heart condition. It's what, so how is it a heart condition? It's you being right toward the person and you also being right toward a holy God. That's what forgiveness is going to do. It's going to get me right toward the person and the holy God. See, don't, 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 don't just think you're dealing with a person because you're not. Forgiveness has to do with my position with my Heavenly Father. That's what forgiveness has to do with. It has nothing to do with your relationship with the person. It has to do with your relationship with God. Because remember what He told you. If you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. So I need my relationship to be solid. Neither will he forgive you if you don't forgive. If you don't forgive. And then if you don't forgive, your prayers are hindered. Some of you, you've been wondering why your prayers have been hindered. Here it is. Your prayers are hindered. So forgiveness, again, is an inside word. Now, the mistake that sometimes we make is that we think forgiveness is about the other person. As long as you think that, you're going to hold on. It's not really about the other person's forgiveness. It's about God trying to do something on the inside of you. Stop worrying about, well, I forgave them and they didn't forgive. That's neither here nor there. It's about God saying, I'm doing something on the inside of you. But what about God said, no buts. Don't try to squabble with God about what he's telling you he's trying to do in you and through you. It's not about them. i got to drive that home. And see, and we think it is, so we want to go and convince them that we've forgiven them. Well, I've forgiven you and, and I don't hold nothing to get. God's like, did I, what? I'm dealing with you. You don't have to convince anybody that you forgave them. Did you hear me? This is about an inside work, an internal work. It's about making sure that I'm right with God on the inside. I'm standing in the right place. I'm in right standing with the Holy God. That's what I want to be in. I'm not worried about, I'm not saying, okay, if I ask, I want them to make sure they forgive me. You know, I want them to hear it so they can, and look at it one to one. And I want to, can I meet you over here so I can tell you, God is saying, first of all, you got to get your heart right. Because see, why are you trying to convince somebody that you have forgiven them? You don't have to do that. Are you with me? Listen, this is, this, all of this is called pressing toward the mark for the prize. 
all of this. And I'm spending a little time here because I want to make sure that you have a clear interpretation of what I taught last week on forgiveness. I don't want you to go out thinking foolishly. I want you to have a clear and understand what God is speaking to your heart and what he's commanding you to do. I told you last week, forgiveness is not the same as a relationship. Listen to me. When you've done something to someone, or you've been disappointed, or somebody's done something uh, towards you, listen to me, please listen to this. More than likely, it will alter the relationship. It will. It'll alter the relationship. Oh, I'm going to give you scripture for that. Your relationship may not ever, more than likely, will not ever be like it once was. But forgiveness is in place. I've I got to drive this home because people seem to think that if I've asked you forgiveness, we need to go on like we used to be. It will never, probably never, be like it once was. Because forgiveness has nothing to do with whether you trust a person or don't trust them. See, we want to say, okay, I'm, see, I'm trusting you again. No, you may not ever. That don't have, trust doesn't have anything to do with forgiveness. You may not ever trust them again. But you still have to forgive. I know, I know. That's hard for us to grab a hold of, but it's a truth that you better grab a hold of. You had better grab a hold of. It's not the same as relationship. And remember I gave you an example last week about a married couple. I'm like a married couple. They hurt one another and everything. They have to stay in there and they got to restore it. Why? Because they made a lifetime commitment to God to stay with that person. So they got to work on it. But a stranger do something to you, you still have to forgive them, but you don't have to make a lifetime commitment to them, but in your marriage you do. And I talked about that on last week. Listen to this. If my child does something that is disappointing to me, guess what? I have to forgive them. I know, I know. We like, what? what? Yeah. If your child does something to you that is out of... Out, out from where they should be, you still have to forgive them. Making sure I have all my papers right because, yeah. You have to forgive them. Now, 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 let me drive this home. Because the Bible says you have to train up a child in the way it should go. Now, listen to me. You have to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Your children. You cannot deal with them with anger and bitterness and malice. Now, listen to this real closely. Very closely. When I say a child, I'm talking about the literal definition of a child. Amen? I'm talking about if your child does something to you. You know why I'm saying a child? I'm talking about a literal child that lives in your house. You got to raise them. But you don't raise an adult. 
They're your child, but they, you don't raise an adult. See, we're still trying to raise adults, trying to tell them what to do and how to do. You don't raise an adult. You don't raise grown-ups. You let grown-ups be grown-up. When I talk about child, I'm talking about somebody that lives in your house that's an actual child. But a grown-up, you let them be grown-ups. And you know how you teach them when they come to you? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, coming for advice. That, you know, let's balance it. I'm talking about when they want you to answer for everything. You need to tell them you're grown. Figure it out. I'm not raising no grown-up. I was playing grown. Well, it's too bad. You stuck now. Now you got to be grown. You play too much. So you let grown-up people be grown. See, we want to go to our grown-up's house and try to tell them what to do and how to do. I ain't telling you nothing how to do and what to do, you know. Now, I'm, I'm going to always advise my children, I'm going to do this, but I ain't trying to make them do anything. I wish I would spend my time. That's wasted time, wasting God's time on grown-ups. No, just a child is who you're raising. And once they're, they're not, no longer a child in your house, you're not trying to raise them. You tell them, be grown. Sit there like this, sweet. You're grown now. Period. When they start up and say, you're grown now. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> After they get grown now. You know, they didn't want to hear it when they were in your house and they were actually your child. They didn't want to hear it. But now that they're grown, they like, give me any and every advice you have. Say, here it is. You're grown now. That's how you do grown children. I wish I would waste my time fooling around with some grown person. Do it and keep it moving. I just gave you advice. You tell them you make choices. Whatever consequences that come with it, live with it. That's how could they continue to mature as a grown-up. But a child, now there, are chil- now there are children that are minors that have hurt their parents. That have hurt that you lived in their house, you have hurt, you have did disappointing things. And if you're honest with yourself, you have held some things in your heart about that thing that they did. But you have to be able to forgive them in those cases. There has to be a restoration, not only in your heart, but also in that relationship, because they're your children still. I mean, you have teenagers that just did foolish stuff, and you mad about it. And you know what, y'all going on, but you got that in your heart and said, yeah, I remember when you did that. you got to forgive them. <laughs> and move on forward. Because even when they get grown, your responsibility as a parent is not over. 
Now, you're not raising them, but you're still a parent. You'll always be a parent, but you're not raising the grown-ups. Now, let me give you an example, and you can go find it in Scripture. I'm just going to give you an example to show you that it's scriptural. That once they do something and they grown, move on. Let's go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, guess who threw them out the house? God. He got their tails out of the garden. And guess what he did? Locked the door and said, y'all not coming back here. As a matter of fact, he said, I ain't going to even trust. I'm going to put two angels there to make sure you locked out. He wasn't through with the plan, but he said, but you can't come back living here with that. Oh, it's scriptural. God said, I'm trying to show you I did it. When it gets to that point, put them out. And, you know, y'all like to do that revolving door thing. Well, just let them back. They need a little help. Let's roll it around. Let's roll it around. God didn't. God locked the door. Telling them, you can't come back. That's called being grown. Hmm. I know, I knew it would be this kind. Well, let's look at Moses. God and But guess what? Well, guess what? When God put Adam and Eve out, he did forgive them, but he still put them out. See, he wasn't mad. He forgave them, and he put them out. Moses, the same way. He forgave him, and he said, Moses, now listen here. You went too far this time. Now you can't go into promised land. You, you can't go. You went over and above. You, you can't. See, we want to just try to bend and build. God didn't. God told Moses, no, you did too much. But he forgave Moses. He said, but you just won't be able to go in the promised land. And listen, even though God forgives, listen, it changed the nature of the relationship. See, he'll forgive, but the nature of the relationship changes. It's nowhere around. See, we think because the nature of the relationship changed that our love has changed for him. No. It's because the disappointment is that you'll find out. You talk to him different. You're active because the nature of the relationship has now changed. Moses understood it. Hmm. And when we do things like that, our relationship and against God, when He's warned you and talked to you about the things of God, the relationship change. It alters it. Always remember, actions and choices have consequences. Your actions and your choices have consequences. That's why you better think before you just jump and start doing all kinds of stuff. You know, all of it look good to people. <laughs> that ain't nothing. I'm not impressed. Because why? I know real life is not like that. 
And I'm not saying that life is all bad and it's something. No, but you're going to have situations and circumstances. And you're going to need more than he <laughs> just so happy to fix it. So if our actions can be forgiven by a holy God, and we see in the Bible how that forgiveness alters the relationship, because it altered the relationship between Adam and Eve and God. It altered the relationship between Moses and God. It didn't alter the love, it altered the relationship. Oh, let's go a little further than that. What about David? What about David? <laughs> God say, now David, you're a bloody king. And you can't build my temple. Remember David said, I'm going to build him a temple. God said, oh no, you're not. You've done too much. Things alter the relationship. He said, no. Now, this is the same God. Look at it. I'm going to show you how I can tell you he's a forgiving God, but he means business. And you ought to be the same. Listen. He's like, David, you did a lot. You've done a lot. But that same God told David, you're after my own heart. See, he still loved him. He said, you're a man after my own heart. And even though he told David that and he forgave David, he, said, he even told David, you're not going to die. Remember? For all that you did. With Bathsheba, all of it. You're not going to die. He said, but war never leave your house. Because that's consequences for your choices. It alters the relationship. Did you hear me? He said, no, no, you're not going to die. But you can't be on my temple. You can't do it. The relationship was often and oftentimes when things happen, listen, we have to forgive. But it doesn't mean that the relationship can be restored. Be okay with that. That means it will never, it probably will never, ever be like it was before. Never. It will never be like it was before whatever happened, happened. I know. See, we can't drive that out of our mind. we like, no, if, it, if it's not, then you've got to be holding something in your heart. No. You can forgive. But with choices and circumstances and consequences, all of those things, that's consequences for your choices. And it just cuts and severs that. It's like, like I told you, I said, some people I'll never be friends with again. Not like that. Some people I don't probably won't ever even see again. But it don't mean I, I don't forgive them. You gotta forgive them and you gotta keep it pushing. See, take the example of God. God leaves us all the examples. Don't think you're gonna do something opposite of what He's showing you and it's gonna work. He's showing you how to do it. And the same is true when you do something to someone. You have to take responsibility to forgive. 
but you may have altered the relationship that you had with that person. Because your relationship that you have with him, that's not an aspect of forgiveness. That's an aspect of position. Ooh, somebody better write that down. (laughs) See, the relationship is not an aspect of forgiveness. That's an aspect of position. See, we had a position of of, a friendship or a, a, a position. That has nothing to do. I can forgive, but the position is now altered. And actions can cause you to be put in different positions. And, and, that, and it doesn't matter if there has been forgiveness or not. It puts you in a position. You know, as many times have you ever looked at, at you know, sometimes I look at movies or I look at somebody or you seen a court deal and I'm seeing Sarah's going to see a lot of it and Sarah might have to make some judgment on some things once she become a judge and she will. But have you ever been noticed, I'm always real kind of, Surprise! how some, maybe a criminal have done something to a person's family member and then the family get, get up and you know they have them say something and the family member will say we forgive you for what you did we've seen that we've seen that a lot we forgive you for what you did but then when it's time to sentence them the judge will give them 15 to 20 Because, see, forgiveness don't mean we forgave you, now come on home with us. No, what the judge is saying, you know, find that they forgive you, but now take that forgiveness with you with the time that you have. With that 15 and 20, just take that in the cell with you and just know that they forgave you. But it has now altered the relationship. See, forgiveness don't mean, okay, just say it's not done and let's just go back and we hunky-dory and we best of it. We BFFs. No. We forgive you, but you're going to jail. Are you following me? So I wanted to make sure that we have this in our hearts. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I purposely, I'm going to go back and I'm going to teach on relationships. I've already planned that out. I said, you know what, i got to teach on relationships. That's another teaching. I'm going to purposefully do that. I will teach on all the different types of relationships. You know, all the different types of relationships we have and how we manage them, how we should manage them, so that it will glorify God. We always want it to glorify God. But that's not the intent of this teaching. The intent of this teaching and what I'm teaching you is to teach you how to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. So we want to stay centered in on that. We said that forgiveness meant I must let it go. Remember? I must let it go. Now, have you done that? Have you lived? Let it go. You can't hold on to things and move forward. We also said that you have to let it be. Stop going around that thing over and over and over again in your mind and reliving it. And I said one of the ways that you can stop reliving it is you can stop saying it and speaking it to yourself and to other people. Stop talking it to yourself and to other people. 
And we said things heal when you just let it be. If you just let it be, it'll heal. Then we said that you have to leave it alone. Leave it alone literally means move away. You got to leave it alone, move away from it. Sometimes when you forgive, you literally have to move away. Sometimes you have to move away from the situation, the person. Sometimes you have to create some space, whether it's spiritually, naturally, physically. Sometimes you just have to move away. It does not mean that you don't love the person. See, that's where you keep missing it. That's where you keep getting yourself in foolish thinking. If I do that, that means I don't love my child, or I don't love him, and I don't love her, and I don't love them, or I don't love Pastor. If I do this, other. no, 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 no. Sometimes you have to move away from the situation. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you don't care about them. It means in order to get your heart right with an almighty God, to make sure that you're clean on the inside, you have to move away. And that you want to be. You don't ever want to compromise in that area. You leave your children, your people, whoever you in contact with, you leave them just vulnerable because you won't do what you're supposed to do. Because let me tell you, 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 one thing all of us should have learned, you cannot fix it. Stop trying to. Stop trying to give them everything, think that's going to change them. You don't change a person's mentality by giving them everything they want, everything they need, and just there for everything. I mean, putting God on hold just to be there for them. They're still not going to change. That's not how it works. It'll never work that way. You got to do it God's way. Period. Any other thing, you just burning your wheels and spinning your time. And uh, let me tell you, and please don't act like somebody betrayed you or they made you think that. No, you were busy trying to make them be something they were not. You you were trying to get on the throne of God. I'll handle this God. I'll make them do what's right. I'm there. Yeah, and, you know we'll use scripture. Love covers a multitude of sins. You just show them how much you love them and they'll come back in. No. Not necessarily. Did God tell you that? God will show you when to love and he'll show you when to rebuke. He'll show you when to move away. But you want to stay right there when I got it now. And then what always, almost always, 99.9% of the time, what happens in the end? You are disappointed. Because you tried to fix it. You tried to do what only God can do. God is trying to help you. And sometimes you can't let it be or let it go until you leave it alone. You won't be able... To let it be or let it go until you leave it alone. That's why I tell people, I'm like, you don't have, listen, if your children don't belong to this ministry, you do not have to bring up Church of the Living Water every time you're around them. That is not letting it be. It is not. It's still you trying to fix it. 
You don't have to talk to them nothing about Church of the Living Water. Because let God handle that. God will do what He's going to do. You know, Church of the Living Water. People don't want to hear about Church of the Living Water. And all that do for them is run them further away. And God say, now you got another six years for them to return. Because you won't shut your mouth. You don't have to tell them nothing about Pastor Hill, founding pastor, none of that. You know why? They're not mature enough to handle that. And they're just going to run. You don't have to do that. Let God be God. Just step back. Because they'll end up asking you. That's when you talk. But don't go in running your mouth about what church of the living water and church of the living water and church of the living water. and That's what puts people against church of the living water. You keep talking about it. You ain't got to say nothing about it. Let me tell you, church of the living water stands on its own. You can't validate church of the living water. It's already validated. You ain't validating the torture children. They're running from it. And every time you speak it, you add a few more years to them returning to God. Not to church of the living water. To God. Because guess what? If God want them here, I don't care where they go. They'll eventually be here. But it ain't going to be on your word. It will never be on your word. Why? Because the relationship is altered. You might have a situation with your children or whatever that's different from somebody else where somebody else can say something to their children, they grab it, that's where, and maybe they don't have an a altered uh, relationship. But if you do, yours won't work like that. That's why you step back and you say, God, zip. All I'm going to do is walk holy, walk righteous, and keep it moving. And you watch God begin to work. They'll come to you trying to, they'll start trying to dig it out instead of you trying to throw it out. They'll be like, well, what y'all doing over there? Now that's when you talk. But that's when you want to shut up. I ain't going to say nothing. Now they're trying to talk. They want to know this, that, and the other. No. Oh, we're doing this, that, and the other. But let them talk. You don't have to go and try to bring them in. Listen, I don't care how many chairs you see empty here. I'm not desperate. Because God has already showed me. And I don't need these, feet, these seats filled with a bunch of people that don't want to be here. I don't, I, I don't need that. Let me tell you, if I die today, I feel, I feel a great honor to just administer to you. I don't need this, this place filled for me to feel okay about what... And I pray for all of your children all the time. But do you think I'm going to go after them? You think I'm going to tell? And even if God had told me that they belong here, He didn't tell me to go get them. So I'm not going to. I ain't going. Let me tell you, anytime anybody leave out that door, they're gone as far as I'm concerned. And because you here... That's the only reason why I pray for them. If, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even look their way. But because you belong here. 
Because once you leave here, that tells me you don't respect nothing about this ministry. You don't care nothing about this ministry. So wash it out. But because your parents are here, you'll always be in my prayer. But other than that, because I'm about the father's business. I don't have time for no foolishness. And I wish I would spend my time so foolish with some young, young person that don't, don't even know how to hear from God. That's a waste. That's a waste. Well, I, I, God, you know what? God will rebuke me for wasting his time like that. What you wasting your time on that for? You remember he said, now how long you gonna, how long you gonna cry for this person or that person? Get up and let's get it going. You better get it. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they come from your blood. You better operate in the principles of God. So if you move away, listen, you can't pick it up and you can't revisit it because you move away from it. Because, see, that's what it is for me. Out of sight, out of mind. That's just the way I am. Because sometimes I'll be like, who? What's the name again? Because out of sight, out of mind, I don't revisit that. I don't want to, you know, and people try to talk to me about that. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't need to talk about anything like that. Because, uh, let me tell you, my total concern are the believers that are here. Anything else for me, God said, you're out of order and out of line. Because they need all of your attention. These, you are the people that I love. You are the people that I'm concerned about, Period. And let me tell you, and some people, everybody haven't all came back. But guess what? As long as I know they still belong here, they're still in my heart, and I'm still going to pray on a daily basis. Until I know that they have left and affiliated with another church, because I'm not stepping on any pastor's foot. If you go to another church, that's where you need to be. We don't need you here if that's where you want to go. That's where you need to be. I don't want, see, I don't want anybody to ever think that we're in desperation of anybody. Because as long as Jesus is Lord in this place, we're good. We're good. And all you got to do is remember what God said. He's going to strengthen us about who leave and strengthen us about who come. So if somebody walk out, we gain strength. And we move forward. Amen. Now listen. You have to move away. Now, if you're married, you can relate to, to what I'm talking about here. Listen, when I say you have to move away, now married people, you can relate to this. Sometimes, as a married couple, you have to move to another room. Listen, because you can tell yourself, you know what? You know, maybe, okay, let's say, let me give you an example. Maybe one, one spouse see it one way, another spouse see something another way. And y'all back and forth and back and forth. Instead of going back and forth, back and forth, at some point, you have to say, I gotta move to the other room. It doesn't mean you're gonna get a divorce. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It means I need to move away. Let them go in the kitchen, you go in the bedroom. That's called moving away. Because you think to yourself, you know, as long as we're in this room, we're going to go back and forth. Back and forth. And all of you married people know about, you know, then it's going to be that. 
I got one last sentence, that last sentence syndrome. I got one more thing to say about this. And then when you have one more thing to say about that, the other person say, oh, well, since you got one more thing to say about that, I got one more thing to say about that too. And now here we go with somebody. So it was going on. And then you, y'all back and forth. See, but if you go into another room, and then, well, I got one more. And then, and then, and don't go this way. Then one more. I have one more. Okay, well, okay, okay, well, it's over. But for the record, I'm saying, oh, so now it's the record. Well, I, well, now, now, now I got to, I'm just, I just want to set the record straight. Well, somebody's saying, well, you ain't going to get away with the last record. I got to put my record in too. Somebody got to leave the room. Just go into the other room. Somebody has to be mature enough to say, well, as long as I stay here, we're going to be back and forth with this thing, so I'm just going to move on to the other room and cool down. Are you just going to be back and forth, back and forth? That last, for the record's sake. Baby, and let me tell you, a woman ain't never going to let you put a record on her without putting a record on you. I just want to say this for the record. And she'd be like, okay, well, go ahead, go ahead, just say it, go, go ahead, just say it. Just say it. And soon as you get through telling me, now wait, for my record's sake. Oh, they're coming back. I know you're laughing because you know it's you. That's just the way it works. That's why you have to move away. Just move away. It's too easy. Just go. It doesn't take anything for you to go into the other room. Just say, you know what? I ain't doing this. I'm going into the other room. Where are you going? Into the other room. Now, if they jump on your back and stuff, then that's a whole nother teaching. Because we have that too going on. That's a whole nother teaching, and we ain't teaching on that right now. But you do, you do need to move away. Because if you stay in that room, it's going to be the one more sinner syndrome. And then just for, you know, just I want to just say one more thing. And you know what? That one more sinner syndrome, have you noticed it's contagious? It's just like yawning. If you got one more sentence, I got one more here. Because you know when you yawn, somebody else is going to yawn. You have one last sentence, don't you think it's going to be the no last sentence? It's contagious. They're going to come back with their sentence. Oh, and some of them come back forcefully with it, and some of them come back sweet with it. Well, wait a minute, let me, oh God, that's one last sentence. Well, I thought, well, there's one last sentence. Go to the other room. Move away. And God's having me stay on that for a reason. <laughs> you know how it's going to end, don't you? You know what? When you go into the room, it's good for your heart. It's good for your heart. And then we said you have to give up the. You got to give up the debt. Just gut it. G U T D. Just gut it. Just give up the debt. They own me. I have this. Uh, no, just give it up. I'm worth this. You're never going to be equal to the same thing that you think you are. No. See, because what you have and what you're worth and what you deserve, they will never ever equal to the same thing than you giving up the debt. So you don't even hold on to that. Give it up. 
That brings us down to what we're going to be teaching now for the last few minutes. If we're able to see it from God's perspective, I must be able to forgive. If I'm going to go and press toward the mark of the high calling, I must encourage myself. I must encourage myself. That is, I have to strengthen myself. The word encourage means to strengthen. Strengthen. It means to give courage. You know, sometimes you have to give yourself courage. You got to give yourself courage. Sometimes you have to give yourself strength. You got to give yourself strength. Because, you know, uh, uh, strength and ability is almost synonymous. You know, you, 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 you got to give yourself that. You got to give it to yourself, not to the other person. Write it down. To encourage means to become resolute or resolved. I'm become resolute about this. I've made a resolve about this. Have you ever been fearful of something that's, that, 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 that you're just fearful of doing and people try to coax you into doing it? You know, okay, maybe you were, you know, maybe you were afraid of water. And they say, come on, come on, you can get in it. Come on, just dive on in it. Come on, let me tell you. I don't care what they say, you're going to be standing there because you're not going to do it. You, I don't care how much they encourage you. know, maybe it was uh, some idea you're afraid of heights. They're telling you, oh, come on, we can go up there. You'd be like, oh, no, I don't, mm-mm, mm-mm. They'd be like, come on, you can go, come on. Let me tell you, when you, you're not going to do it until you encourage yourself to do it. I don't care how much they talk. I don't care what anybody say, you stuck. Maybe you saw a lizard in your garage or you saw something that looked like it was squirming right there in the corner of the garage. It looked like a snake. Now you're scared to go out there. They say, oh, come on out. It's not there. You'd be like, uh-uh. Uh, no, no. And they, they can't get you out there. It's not until you encourage yourself that you're going to move. Did you hear me? At some point you have to muster up the strength. You got to muster up the strength. You gotta get the courage and the resolve to do something yourself. Even in making decisions, you gotta muster up strength. Stop, listen, stop trying to have a pity party and make, and muster up some strength. You don't need to be stuck. You have to find the courage and the resolve to do whatever you need to do yourself. Whatever that thing is, whatever it is. Whatever the thing was, whatever it is, it's the same thing when you face disappointments. You know, it's good that, you know, people may want to encourage you and tell you that, you know, well, it's okay, you can do it, it's going to be all right, you know, just do this. But at some point, you have to have the internal, you have to have the internal strength and courage, and resolve to get moving yourself. All you're going to do is want to pat on the back in a pity party. you got to muster up the strength to say, you know what, I have the courage to do this, I have the strength to do this, and I'm going to do it. I have made a resolve, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes you have to encourage ourselves. Because, some, because people are not really around us all the time. 
And they're not going to be around that, around us all the time to give us that encouragement. So what? I make the resolve and I make the decision that I have to musker up the strength, the ability to move forward. I got to find the courage within me. You have, the courage is there. You just got to find it. And this is what you have to understand too. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Not just encourage yourself. It has to be in the Lord. Now, I don't want anyone out here and anyone listening to me or streaming, I don't want anyone to think that I'm teaching them on anything about positive thinking. Um, that's not what I'm preaching on. Uh, uh, you know, positive thinking in your mind and how to, you know, this mental aptitude that you need to have to make this happen. No, no, no. I'm talking about encouraging yourself in the Lord. I'm not talking about the positive thing. You got the wrong channel. It means that I encourage myself when I, when, 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 when I try to try to do the positive thinking and I try to, you know, have this aptitude in my mind that, you know, this is the way it's going to do. You know, what, what it does is you encourage yourself out of the relationship with God. Because now you're trying to do it by you're trying to do it on your own. You encourage yourself right out of your your position with God or your relationship with God. That's why it's important to reconcile the situation with the truth, so you won't get yourself outside of the truth of the Word of God. Because you're gonna you're gonna encourage yourself based on the fact that I have. See, this is how you encourage yourself. Based on the fact that I have a God that loves me. See, I have to base it on that. I got to base it on the fact that his son is seated at the right hand, forever making intercessions for me. I'm basing my courage on that. I got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, so yes, I can do this. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I have a relationship with him. And I make sure you have a relationship with him. And he's promised in his word that nothing can separate me from his love. See, those are the things how you encourage yourself. He has promised you that, you know, that, that, that Jesus is at his right hand. He's already promised me that I have the victory. Find it in his word where he says it and you can have it. And then you can trust him with all of your heart. With everything that's in you. And through the Holy Spirit, He's going to lead you at that point. He's going to direct you. He's going to guide you through this situation. It's not until then He will never be able to lead you, guide you through and direct you through the situation until you've done that. I have to trust it. I have to trust that he has a will for my life. He has a plan for my life. I got to trust that. So I can draw courage and strength from that and a resolve from what? That relationship. Then you give the Holy Spirit all, all access to give you strength in whatever God is going to tell you to do. Whatever God needs for you to be, whatever God needs for you to do, He's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to strengthen you. And then you will find yourself pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. You start pressing. So now if you're struggling, 
toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remember you have you remember you have to do everything you know to do. Don't let that slip. You have to do everything you know to do. If I'm struggling to press toward the mark from a disappointment, I have to make sure that I have spent, listen, sufficient time strengthening my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So, have I done that? I want to get through this. Well, God said, now have you strengthened your relationship with me? See, some of us have weak relationships with God, but we want all of the promises. you got to first strengthen your relationship with Him. Hmm. You have to make sure that you're trusting and relying on the Holy Spirit. Not people. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you for a reason that empowers you to be who God is calling you to be. Oftentimes, people are believers. Our relationship with God is not strong enough. It's not strong enough to handle disappointments because we haven't built on it. We don't have a devotion time. We don't have a prayer time. So it's not strong enough to, to handle the disappointments that you're facing. And so that's what makes you weak. And you continue to struggle in pressing toward the mark for the prize. But until you strengthen the relationship that you have with the Almighty God, you're going to struggle. And remember, disappointment tend to mount themselves on top of each other. You just keep getting one after another. Whatever happens, it keeps happening and happening and happening. I'm going to stop here because... Mm, because I need to. But I want you to understand that all of us can look back in 2020. We have disappointments when the pandemic came and now that it's here and now that it's ending or whatever. We still got disappointment. The pandemic, listen, it changed our jobs. It changed our life. Things start happening with our children during the pandemic. School, you know, all of a sudden school, you know, won't let them come. Then school will let them come. Then they could come two days, but then they sent them home. Then you had baby, you know, you have problems with trying to find a daycare. You know, just one disappointment after another, after another, after another. Like, oh God, and then, then the job laid off. See, that's disappointments that stacked up. And you just get one disappointment after another disappointment. Now, what happens is, if my relationship with God is not strong, when all of those things happen, it's hard to encourage yourself. Very hard. You can't encourage yourself. Mm -mm. That's the reason why, listen, we have stress, anxiety, depression. They're all on the rise. But get this. They're all on the rise, not in the lives of unbelievers, but in the lives of believers. I, you know what? I, I expect it to be on the rise with unbelievers, but it's more on the rise with believers. And it's simply because you don't have a strong relationship with God and you don't know how to handle everything that's going on 
because I don't have a strong enough relationship with God to even encourage myself. I'm going to leave it right there because if I go any further, I'll have to go into some things. You've got to strengthen your relationship. I haven't forgot about First Samuel. We're going there. We'll go there next week. And we'll stay there for a minute so you can understand some things about understanding that I have to... And all of this is still up under the area of pressing forward through disappointments. I have to learn to encourage myself. Stop looking... Let me tell you, I never look for nobody to encourage me. People do. And I thank God for it. But I don't look for it. I don't tell everybody everything that I'm going through just to get encouragement. My sons don't even know. Because I have a strong enough relationship with God that I can spend time with God for myself. My husband taught me that. I saw many things that he went through and he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he would say, Al, when this happened and that happened, you got to learn to just stay with God. You just encourage yourself in the Lord. So next week I'll tell you how I got through when I came home and my husband had passed. How do you get through something like that? When you can walk in the house and you see your husband laying dead, how do you get through with something like that? You will never get to get through with that, being weak in a weak relationship with God. Never. You'll be swallowed up. You'll be swallowed up. And you know what? I count myself to have a strong relationship with God, and I was almost swallowed up. So I know if you got a weak relationship with Him, you can't handle it. And you'll think you're handling it, and you'll find out the days, the months, the weeks will go by, and you'll be like, Am I really handling this? Am I really? And then you have to find, How do I encourage myself in the Lord? Well, you're going to have to come back next week to see, How do I encourage myself? Don't get caught up in. See, God wanted me to drive the forgiveness thing home because you need to. Need, I'm telling you, you, you better get that thing straight right now. And then I'm going to give you something that God gave me personally for this ministry to, 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 to tell you all. Because, see, I've been telling you all along, things are going to happen. Things are something else is coming. God is faithful to his word. Let it go. Let it be. Leave it alone. Leave it al- it's too easy to leave it alone. Just leave it alone. So you know what? This is not my... You know how you can do it? Just say, it's not, it's not worth my relationship with God. It's not worth my relationship with God. Don't say it's not worth my relationship with the person. You're going to miss it. Just say, 
Everything about forgiveness, everything about me pushing forward, everything about encouraging myself, this has to do with my relationship with God. Everything about strengthening myself and my relationship. Go home and examine yourself. What kind of strength do you have with your relationship with God? If you are in stress, if you're full of anxiety, if you're in depression, I'm here to tell you, you do not have a strong relationship with God. You might have a relationship with Him. I'm talking about a strong one because you need a strong one to learn to encourage yourself. Now, I, I don't want to put it, I don't want anybody to think, oh, she act like we got to be like her. No, 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 because let me tell you, I have, to, I have to strengthen my relationship daily. But this is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to get it where you learn how to encourage yourself. You cannot encourage yourself if you don't have a strong relationship with God. So, this is some of the signs of a person that do not have a I did not say you didn't have a relationship with him. I said a strong one is I'm full of anxiety. I'm stressed. Oh, this is stressing me out. I'm depressed. I'm down. Because of disappointments. I'm just down. I just... It's just not enough money coming in. I just need more. And I need this. And I need that. I just need... I'm just... I I just know... I don't know if it's a pandemic. You know, we blame everything on the pandemic now. Everything's on the pandemic now. You better let me tell you. You're going to find out God said, leave that alone. You just... Let it go. And let it be. Move away. Because you you're going to have to stop blaming everything on the pandemic. But you got to say, I am stressed. If you're staying awake at night and you can't sleep, and that same thing you were living in your head, and you can't seem to shake it, it's because you don't have a strong relationship with God. Did I say you didn't have a relationship with God? Did I say that? Because somebody's going to get that wrong. Somebody's going to say, she, she, who is she? She thinks she got a relationship with God. Aha, she know I don't have a relationship with God. I never said you didn't. But I am saying if you operate in those principles, you, have, you don't have a strong one. Now you can say I said that. You don't have a strong one. Because a strong one won't let you stay there. And a strong one will not get... If you have a strong one, you can encourage yourself in the Lord and get up. I'll show you how next week. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.